Hey, good morning, church. Glad to have you with us wherever you are at. If you invited us into your home this morning, we are honored and humbled, and we don't take this privilege lightly. We are thrilled that you're joining us, and we know that some of you um, are now in this season where you're like, you know what? We can kind of do this Netflix thing where we can watch church on demand. And so for those of you who are watching this at like 7 p.m., 8 p.m., maybe because your kids are in bed, hey, totally fine. As long as you're connecting to God's word, to his spirit, and to community, we love to have you. Uh, we want to let you know, hey, we're a church that strives to be simply about Jesus. And we help people here at Austin Oaks Church to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Because we believe that when you encounter him, it's a game changer, okay? So um, if you are online with us live right now, I just want to let you know, we are live right now. We're not pre-recorded, so if I make a mistake, there is no edit button, there's no pause, go back. This is all live because we want to be able to do this with you, be raw and, and authentic with you. So we would love for you to engage with us online, you know, share um, the link, invite other people in, comment, um, engage with one another. And we know um, this is really awesome. And so we're just going to do kind of like a, hey, there's um, a few house church communities that are meeting right now all over the city of Austin. So we love Love that you're doing that. So if you could let us know where you're at, who's with you, maybe take a picture, post it on our Facebook so that way we can kind of see our church meeting and gathering together. And also right here in front of me, even though they don't get to see me look at them, um, we have a studio audience that has chosen to come worship here as well this morning. Now, real quick, um, and, and I know you're probably getting really tired of hearing all of the COVID-19 updates because, quite frankly, it's not like we hear about it every day, right? There's, it's not like the media talks about it and, you know, there's like two sides to every coin. The reality is there's like 20 sides to this coin. There's so many people with so many different perspectives on this whole scenario. Um, <laughs> see, see, like I said, we're live, okay? We got people in our studio audience who has the live feed up. Now, if you think that's redundant, I'm not sure. That feels a little redundant, but nonetheless, we're live, okay? No edit button, right? We can't, re we can't take that back. Anywho, but I want to let you know a little bit about why we are doing what we are doing here at Austin Oaks Church, okay? Our decisions as leadership is not a political decision. It's not a religious liberty decision. We are choosing to do what we do based upon three things, that we want to be safe, we want to be smart and gospel-focused, okay? And so we are choosing to slowly come back, okay? This is not a religious liberty issue. It's, it's about being safe. It's about serving. It's about thinking through our neighbors and making sure that we're doing everything we can to protect ourselves and protect others from this pandemic. And the reality is, uh, you know, the, the pandemic can't close church, Right? Like, Austin Oaks has never been shut down. It will never be shut down. The church will always be open, but buildings can be shut down. And I'm looking forward to the day, right? And I believe this is going to start happening, that when we start talking about coming back together on our campus, we won't be saying this phrase like, hey, we're going to church. We'll start to say it this way. The church is going to be gathering together 
on our campus. Like, I love that concept because here's the reality. We are the church. We've been open. We've been moving. The kingdom of God has been advancing. The gospel has been going out, right? People are engaging at high levels. But not only that, we are serving people left and right. I mean, church, I am so incredibly proud of you for stepping up. You know, we see needs with Clint Small, the, the school right down the street from us. And we stood up and we rose up and we've been meeting needs and serving them food and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to continue to do that. As you just heard, we gave over 500 meals to local prisons, right, to support the workers there and to celebrate them. We were able to provide meals for those who work at Seton Hospital, and we went there and prayed. In fact, not only that, like this is something that oftentimes is, is not talked about, but like church, like I'm telling you right now, as the lead pastor, when something like this happens, and when you don't gather together on a Sunday morning, like just going to let you know my flesh. The first thought is, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to giving, right? And so we started to plan like, okay, what, what if the giving goes down 40%? Because the reality is, and some of you are feeling this, you lost your income, right? Like we don't expect you to tithe on zero, but we also seen people in our church give above and beyond. And our giving has been strong, which is so incredibly encouraging. So church, thank you for being the church. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. The church will never shut down. Just because we're not in a building doesn't mean we're not the church. We are the church. And so here's a great opportunity. This Thursday at 7.30 p.m. outside in our courtyard here at 4220 Monterey Oaks Boulevard, the church is going to gather together for prayer and worship. And we're going to do this outside. And we know, we heard this from people in our church, they feel safer to gather when we're able to be outside and have greater space. And two weeks ago, we, we did this and it was beautiful and we're going to continue to do that. So this Thursday, 7.30 p.m., prayer and worship in our courtyard. We would love to have you there, okay? And if you can't, no worries, no pressure, all right? So we just got out of a series, which for me personally was one that brought great hope and anticipation of, you know, thinking again about what is after life, realizing all of the blessings and all the things that we have in Jesus and realizing that, again, this life is temporary, that there is a far greater place, heaven, and the reality of how we get to heaven is through Jesus, right? And we know there's been people who necessarily aren't following Jesus that engaged with us in this sermon series. And listen, I pray and hope that you got to hear clearly of the hope that we profess as believers and that is found in Jesus. And I pray and I'm hoping that you will continue to journey and dig deeper into God's word because this is truth, okay? And what we discovered in the series is that there's people's experiences out there even though they don't necessarily reflect the full reality, but those experiences are pointing to the truth and to the story that God has been telling us from day one, And that is exciting. So what we're going to be doing for the next 10 weeks or so, we're going to be in two sermon series. And I'm I'm just letting you know, I'm I'm super excited about these series. And I believe that this, this is what God wants, not just for us, but for other people to hear. We're going to be in a series where we get, we're going to be diving deep into knowing who God is. Instead of like looking at like all of the things and applications and how to be at peace and how to fa- find calm in the storm, like those things are great. Like what we want to do and what I feel the Holy Spirit pressing on my heart for us in this season as a church is to dig deep and just to look into who God is, his character, his heart, because he never changes. 
And when we discover who he is, it's only then that we are able to be still. It's only then that we're able to cease from striving in this world. So these three weeks, the next three weeks, including today, we're going to be in this little series called Be Still and Know That I Am God. And so I I want to encourage you to journey with us because here's, here's the reality of what we even came out of is that in John 17, 3, as Jesus was praying before he went to the cross, he let us know that this is eternal life, that they would know you. Knowing God is the greatest gift that he could give us to know the one who created you who fearlessly and wonderfully created you, every aspect, every element of you, who created the whole universe. He created us with a design in mind to be in relationship with him. And this eternal life that Jesus is talking about is not just necessarily the then and there. It's not just what happens once we die, we experience what life is like after this life. No, it's here and now. Eternal life is knowing God. And this isn't just like an academic study of knowing God. Like, yeah, I know God. I know some things about God. Yeah, I know, you know, some doctrine. No, no. This is, this is intimacy. This is relationship. This is what God's grace has opened up for us, is the ability to know him. He wants us to know him. The problem is we don't take that opportunity. We settle for academic knowledge. And then we get consumed into debating the doctrine and theology. Instead of rejoicing and marveling and being in awe of who he is and the fact that the one who created everything with a word made a way for you and I to know him. Like right now, in this moment, God is as near to you as he could ever be. He will never get any further away from you nor any closer to you. And he says he, will, he has opened up this way for you to engage him in this relationship. Do we take advantage of that? God, this relationship that he extends to us through the gospel of Jesus, listen, this is the solution that humanity has been looking for. All of the peace that we're striving after, the safety that we're going after, right? Think about it. When COVID-19 hit, what what did we see? A shortage of toilet paper. But that's a microcosm of something else that was stirring deep in the heart. Fear, safety, security. And so we immediately take matters into our hands. We start to strive and work and do all these things. We try to meddle and control things and all this kind of stuff. And what we're realizing and what people, they might not put words to this, is that they are looking for security, but they're looking for it in all the wrong areas. And we are only able to find that safety, that security, that stability, that peace in God. That's how God created us. Yes, those are normal human desires. That's how what he placed inside of us. And he also designed us to find them only in him. And so we see this happening in our world. People running after this and that to find all of these things. And we are striving hard. You know what happens when we strive and we try to meddle and we try to control? We get anxious. We get proud. We get insecure. We live in fear. 
some of us, that will cause us to work harder. And for others, that will cause us to give up altogether. That's why I love this series. It's because we are called, we are commanded to be still and to know that he is God. It's only through Jesus where we can find this strength and this security and this safety and this peace that transcends all understanding. It's only through him in this relationship. This is eternal life that we would know the only true God. And listen, it's not just a then and there thing. We live in the here and now. Eternal life is here and now. Right now, if you so choose, right now, you can know more about God. If you've never been in a relationship with Jesus, right now, you can enter into that relationship through his grace, through his mercy. And you do that by faith. Only when we cease is when we're able to know him. So if you don't know Jesus, listen, I want to encourage you, journey with us, okay? Like, listen, I understand the on-demand world. You don't have to get up at 11. Like, honestly, if you're getting up at 11, we got other issues, right? But like, like you don't have to get up at 11 and, and, you know, be on church at this time. You can watch this anytime. But I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, journey with us. I promise you that you're going to discover God the way you've never thought of him before. I promise you that. And for those of you who do believe, would you use this series as an opportunity to either reset or recalibrate your heart and to take your eyes off of all external things and just simply focus on Jesus in this season. So if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn with me to Psalm 46. And if you don't, that's okay. I'm going to have it here on the screen as well. And so I want to read for us Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I knew it was time. It was go time. I knew it. I was full of excitement, but at the same time, I was absolutely terrified. And and the reality is I had nine months to get my heart and my mind all around this. But the reality is my heart and my mind refused to get around the reality that was happening. Now, my wife, she started to let me know that she was starting to have contractions. And so because this is not happening to me, it's happening to her. And I like to control things and be kind of like, you know, the one calling the shots. Like I just grabbed, you know, my phone and I started timing it. 
over and over. I was like, honey, that one was three minutes. Honey, that was three and 10 seconds. Honey, that was, okay, two minutes. You know, it's like, and she was just like, would you just stop? Like, you know, like it was that moment I was on my toes. I was like, okay, we got to go. And when it was time to go to the hospital to, um, to watch a little sweet horror enter this world, I'm telling you, that drive from our apartment to the hospital, I don't know how many scenarios went through my head. And of course, you know, not many of them were positive. I started to think of all the worst case scenarios. Like, what will happen? Like, will she be okay? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And what if, and what if the nurses are brand new? Like, what if they don't, what if they never done this before? What if they, they don't know what they're doing? What if they studied wrong and they got the wrong information? Like, I just started going through everything. Like, what will happen to my wife? And I came in, instead of like being excited and full of joy and anticipation, I was terrified. Like, I just wanted to be in control the whole time. As, as Cora was ready to enter the world, things actually began to go wrong. It was a long labor, okay? Like, it was a long delivery. In fact, to even talk about this just brings back some really bad memories. And um, as I'm sitting there trying my best to comfort my wife, to help her breathe, but really, I wasn't really helping her breathe. I was helping myself breathe. I'm watching the nurses, and they're starting to whisper amongst each other, right? There's like three or four of them in the room, and they're whispering to each other. You know, and I'm just going, What? Like, what's going on? Like, why would nurses be whispering if it's going okay? And, and I, don't, I'm, I have no clue as to anything medically. I still don't know what blood pressure means and the numbers. But all I do know is that I saw my wife's blood pressure numbers plummet. And then I saw Cora's, the, our baby, just her blood pressure just started to skyrocket. And I started to see the nurses start to panic, right? My wife is not doing well. Apparently the baby's not doing well. Their nurses don't know what to do. And I'm freaking out. And I start to, I stand up and I start to meddle, right? Like, I'm like, hey, have you done this? Have you done this? And I'm like, I don't know anything, but I'm trying to get involved and work the situation because I need a sense of peace. And they finally bring in the doctor and, and you know, and Cora is born. And, um, she wasn't delivered the way I was hoping and anticipating. All I remember is immediately they took Cora, they, they snipped it in umbilical cord, and they took her away. And I could see it. It was like maybe like 20 feet away from where I was. From where I was. And um, this is really hard to talk about. And all I saw was a doctor grabbing her little arm and picking it up and dropping it. Just limp. And I'm telling you, this felt like hours. Chris is looking at me like, what's wrong? What's going on? What's going on? I'm like, oh, baby, it's okay. It's okay. But inside I'm going, ah, I don't know what's going to happen. What's happening? You know, like I'm just panicking and I'm watching this happen over and over, just dropping her arm and they're trying to get her to breathe and all this kind of stuff. And, and eventually, right? Eventually Cora starts to respond the way she was, but then they take her away, you know, to the NICU and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and I, I'm telling you, I kept going in there every 30 seconds. I'm like, hey, have you done this? Hey, have you done this? And I'm looking things up, you know, on like, you know, whatever it is, the internet and all this kind of stuff. And finally, one of the nurses who we knew had to say sternly to me, Brandon, stop. It's okay. We know what we're doing. And it just dawned on me. I couldn't be at peace. I couldn't rest. I wasn't able to be still because if I were to be honest, I didn't trust them. Because I'm so used to taking matters into my own hands. I'm so used to trying to control the circumstances and situation that I started to think the worst about the medical people that they don't know what to do. And if I don't help, if I don't get involved, it ain't going to be good. But the nurse had to say to me, Brandon, stop. It's okay. We know what you're doing. 
go be with your wife and relax. And I started to think about that. This is a snapshot of our lives. Like we want security. We want peace. We want stability. We want to live in a refuge where we feel safe. And we do this. We strive for this. We work hard after this. We worry about this. We have so much insurance in this world. We're constantly watching the media and the news and the political events and this and this, and we're forming our opinions, and we start to think maybe this is right and this is, you know, we're trying to find the right way. Why? It's because we're trying to find some sort of reality to bring about peace, safety, and security into our lives. And all we're doing is striving, and all we're doing is panicking, and all we're doing is giving it into fear, and all we're doing is trying to take control of circumstances. And the reality is, for those of us who believe, we have a difficult time seeing who God is, and it's even harder, almost impossible for the unbeliever in that moment to see who he is. That's why we have in this psalm a command. It's not a suggestion, it's a command be still. Be still. Stop. Be still. This, this, this phrase, be still. Now, this isn't like downloading the Calm app on your iPhone or Android and watching some kind of graphic help you do some breathing so you can meditate and calm down. That's not what this means. This is not, hey, be still today. Go up by a stream and just be still. That's not what he's saying here. In the Hebrew, it's emphatic. Stop. Cease and desist. And almost think like military. Attend, hut. Like that's what this is saying. It's like even though there's natural disasters happening, the things that you appear that you think are the most secure and safe and immovable objects, the mountains. And even though if they are removed into the heart of the sea, I will not fear. Why? Because I know him. Even though the nations are raging and they're tottering and there's political upheaval and everything around us really is fragile. Stop. Cease. Desist. Stop meddling. Let God be God. Listen, in these last nine weeks, can you imagine? It's been nine weeks. We've been in this scenario for nine weeks. Praise God that our family is still together. And praise God that we still love each other. But there are moments, okay? There are moments when my kids are crazy. C-R-A-Z-Y, crazy. Can I get an amen? Anybody feeling that? And there are moments when I feel like I want to shout. Not that I do. I want to shout. When the kids are going crazy, stop already. And I, and I hope it's effective that the, the kids would stop dead in their tracks. That's the heartbeat. Be still. Stop. Get your hands off of it. Know that I am God. Listen, this is so counterintuitive, isn't it? Because we love to meddle. We like to be in control. We like to take matters into our own hands. We feel like we need to. Because when there's external threats all over the place, it's very hard to see God in it. 
But that's why we have to understand eternal life is knowing God. The more we know who he is, the quicker we are to be still, to stop, to cease, and desist. This Psalm 46 is meant to reorient our lives. It's a psalm of consolation. It's meant to help us to stop striving and to stand still. To stop focusing and looking at all external things and to stop and to look at him. This is a psalm that is meant to reorient our whole trajectory of our lives. To reorient our focus and our hearts to look to him. And the psalm starts, look at this in verse 1, with the most important character, God. God. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's a very present help in trouble. This is a confession, friends. This psalm is starting out with a confession. And here's what I know to be true, okay? And this is not an indictment against you. I I do this as well. It is so much easier to confess what we ought to believe, isn't it? Like, we know we should be saying this. But when the seas are raging and the mountains are moving into the heart of the sea and the nations are raging and the economy is going all over the place and we don't know what story is being true and we get caught up in things like pandemic and we start thinking about all these conspiracies and the worst case scenarios and listen, I'm not being political. We just need to stop. Stop. This is a confession. God is our refuge. And he's our strength. Think of a refuge. Think about that crazy storm that just came through our area. I was outside. I love storms. I was watching the storm. And as it started to like blow 60 mile per hour wind gusts and the rain started to get, what what was my reaction? I ran to cover. Where are you running to when external threats are coming? Are you running to a human refuge? with this illusion of strength and protection and stability when all human efforts really are nothing but unstable? unstable. Right? One thing can shut the world down. One thing can upend our whole lives. God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's a very present help. Or in other words, I love the way this really says, it's like he, he is a very accessible, he's easy to find, like right now, right now, he's not hard to find. He's a very present help. He's near, he's um, omnipresent means he is as near to you as he ever will be. He can't get any further away. Be still, look at him, look who, who he is. He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's easy to find. He's very present right now. In any circumstance, in any situation that you find yourselves in right now, he is right there. And this isn't a, a protection to pamper us or to help us ignore and remove ourselves from life. No. This is so that we can continue to live and operate even in the midst of the storm. We can have peace in any circumstance, instead of striving to manufacture our own peace, trying to manufacture our own security, trying to make sense of things and listening to the voices of so many other people instead of the one voice that matters the most. 
Verse two, therefore, here's my confession. God is our refuge and our strength. He is very present to help. Therefore, because I believe this, because I know who he is, here's how I am inside. We will not fear. Fear's a choice. Like, you got to know this. Fear's a choice. Fear and faith will always be with you. You'll never have the complete removal. Your choice is which one are you going to lean into? Are you going to lean into faith or are you going to lean into fear? And you can tell the difference. If you're leaning into faith, your life is described as peaceful, as rest, calm. One who knows that I can cast all my anxieties on him. If it's based upon fear, you will strive. You will, you will be anxious. You will be panicking. You'll be worried. Your opinions will float from one to the other based upon whatever wind of voice that you're hearing. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way. In other words, though the earth changes, though things change, change though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea the mountains were a symbol of majesty and strength as something that was unmovable and even if that if the mountains are fragile if the mountains can be moved i will not fear because god doesn't change god is our refuge he is our strength he is our ever-present help right now i will not fear now i love this little part here Though its waters roar in foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling and everything around us is in chaos. And then there's this little word called Salah or Selah. I love it. Think about it this way. Pause. Let this sink in. Don't move on. Think about this right now. Though everything around you, pause. Is God your refuge? Or are you leaning on earthly refuges? Is he your strength? Or are you placing your hope on human strength, human effort, human systems? God will never change, but everything around us is fragile. Pause. Verse four. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Look at this. Like This is our world. The nations rage. The kingdoms are tottering. And God, he, he utters his voice. And the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There's a lot in here that I want to encourage you to study on your own. Because this is also a picture of things that will happen when Jesus comes again. When he will make all the wars cease. That there's this river in the city of God, the new Jerusalem, that would be in the new earth that he will create. And that river is like the Holy Spirit and it gives us, you know, is a stream of his mercy and it's the Holy Spirit that gives us comfort and empowers us. And he's in our midst. Like this is our present reality and it's also a picture of the future. 
but he's the Lord of hosts. What, what does that mean? Well, he's the commander of legions of angels. Like, like look at, like, I love this description of him. The Lord of hosts is with us. I like to say it this way. God plus one is always the majority. Like he's all you need. The Lord of hosts is with us. So sometimes, like even though like the nations are raging and things are tottering around us and nothing feels safe and secure, it's easy for us to go, where is God? What is God doing? How can I place my faith in him when he doesn't seem to be doing things? But that's why we're in this series because the next two weeks, I'm going to talk specifically about that. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. He doesn't always act the way we would think he would act. But God is always working. And it's always for our good and for his glory. I mean, just look at these snapshots. In 2 Kings chapter 6, this is a fun little story. His army's coming, and Elisha is there, and he's got his servant. I mean, they encircled the whole city. Looks dire. Looks like a hopeless situation. The servant comes to Elisha, and he's just like, what should we do? And Elisha goes, there's more with us than with them. Look at this passage. Don't be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with him. Now, the servant's like, um, Elisha, it's just you and me. How, how can you and me take care of this army? Look at what happens. Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Look, this, the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of times we don't see the reality. There's more to this story than what we know. I mean, Jesus, even in the garden before he went to the cross, he looked and he said, listen, do you not think that I could call upon the Father and send down thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels to take care of these little people? He didn't. Because God's ways aren't our ways. He knows what's best. He's with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. Folks, listen. In this earth, apart from Jesus, nowhere is safe. Nowhere is secure. Only in him. And here we see another pause. Selah, let this sink in. Let this one get into your heart. God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's readily accessible to help. Though everything around me will be shaken, though everything around me can and will be moved into the heart of the sea, though the nations are raging and every man-made system and war machine and economic strategy toddles, he is with us. Verse eight, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He's the one who makes the war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. In other words, like, listen, God is in control. There's nothing, there's nothing outside of his purview. None of this is catching him off guard. God's not going, oh my goodness, I didn't see COVID-19 happening. I need to figure out a plan B. None of that. God is sovereign 
He holds all things. And yeah, we're not immune from pain and suffering in this world. Of course not. We understand that all pain and suffering for the believer is achieving for us something far greater that will be revealed later. But now look at verse 10. I wanted you to see the progression of this psalm and how this psalm is a consolation psalm meant to reorient our hearts and our eyes. Be still. Stop. Stop right where you're at. Let it go. Put your hands down. Stop striving. Stop trying to make sense of it. Stop trying to bring your own peace. Stop trying to manufacture security and stability. Stop. Let God be God. You be still. Get your hands away. Tie them behind your back. In fact, in other words, I, I, was, I, I say it this way. Grab hold of God's promises with both of your hands so you don't meddle. Stop trying to fix the circumstance. Stop trying to find and manufacture peace. Cease and desist. Stand still and know He is God. No one else is God. He is God. He is sovereign. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our ever-present help. He will never change. Though mountains can be thrown into the sea, though the greatest of nations and the greatest of armies and the most powerful economy and whatever vaccine we create can do nothing for us. Temporary relief, temporary peace, temporary security, Something else will happen. He's our refuge. This is eternal life that we would know him. Him. To be in a relationship with him. I wasn't able to be still when Cora was born because I didn't trust the doctors or the nurses. Some of you have a hard time being still right now. And listen, it's because you struggle to trust God. That's why. He's your ever-present help. Listen, eternal life is the ability to know God. And, and if you don't know him, if you haven't been in a relationship, listen, Christianity, yes, we do things that look religious, but at the heart of Christianity is a relationship. Jesus died on the cross his body was broken and his blood was shed so that he would pay the price for our wrong so that we could have reconciliation, peace with God, peace with others so that we can have this relationship where like it says in the Bible that we can boldly approach the throne of grace at any time and he will hear us that whenever we confess our sins like it says in 1 John 1, 5, or 1, 9 that he's faithful and just. He's faithful, meaning he will always forgive our sins. And he is just, meaning that the price that Jesus paid was sufficient for our sin. If you don't know God and, and you struggle and you feel like, man, I am just anxious. I am I'm all over the place. I don't know what to do. I'm looking here. I'm looking there. I just feel, stop. Stop. 
begin the relationship to know him. Today, he is ever-present. And if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, listen. Email me. Email someone at the church. Brandon.Ziski, AustinOaksChurch.org. Put on the Facebook message. Let us know that you want to start a relationship with Jesus. And I promise you, we will resource you. We will contact you. We will walk with you. It doesn't matter if you're on the other side of the world right now. We want to do that. I wanted to read for us to conclude here. Isaiah 40. Uh, This is one of my favorite portions of the Old Testament. Isaiah 40, verse 25. To whom will you compare me that I should be like him? This is God speaking. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, talking about the stars and the planets out in space, and he calling them out by name. Like, think about that. You get to be in a relationship with the God who knows every star by name. That's wild. By his greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, that your way is hidden from the Lord? In other words, like, like he, he holds the whole universe in his hand, in the palm of his hand. We measure the universe in light years, but he, he holds it all in his hand. Like, why do we say God is far? When God can't be far, that's not who he is. God is as near as he possibly can be. He is near. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint. He doesn't grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no strength, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who cease and desist. And choose to know that he is God. Will rise up on wings like eagles. That is accessible to you this very second. So wherever you're at, if you don't know God like this, listen, he extends an invitation to you this morning. And for those of you who do believe, Here's my challenge to you. May your confession of God being your refuge and your strength match the condition of your heart so that you're not anxious, that you can have the peace and security and stability that God offers you. Church, we love you. We're praying for you. And I pray and hope that many of you move towards Jesus this very moment. Father, I ask that by your spirit, wherever we are at, that you would speak to our hearts and help us to know who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.